the expectations were different on my brothers. I didn't get all the pressure to succeed like they did. This is hysterical, but my younger brother at one time was a basketball coach for a major university. And my dad only allowed him to do that if he got a master's in engineering at the same time. Coming directly from the horseshoe crowd capital of the world, get a leg up and get ready for the hydrant. And now, the star of the adult film entitled Suckatash, your host, Jim Cooper. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Hydrant. I've got Dora Chu in the, in the studio with me today. First of all, thank you for doing this. This is great. I'm looking forward to this. You're so welcome. My pleasure, Cooper. Spectacular. <laughs> And she says that for a reason, because her alter ego brand, if you will, is Dora Spectacular. And you can find out what she does at DoraSpectacular.com. Dora Spectacular is a comedic personality, fashion maven, and motivational, motivational personality. I knew I could get that out. All rolled up in one. And I came across Dora, and I was looking at her bio and stuff. I was like, I've got to talk to this woman, because this, this, oh. is, this is just too good of an opportunity not to pass up. Let's talk a little bit about how you came to be where you are. You had a difficult childhood, as you've talked about in, in a lot of different things on your website, and we'll talk about some of those in a minute. But was was there a, a light bulb moment for you when you were younger that it was like, oh, I don't have to live my life like this. I think I'm going to go this way. I think it was a series of light bulb moments because okay. healing for me was a process. It's it's like peel and cry, peel and cry, the onion. Yep. It was a process. And at t certain times, you know, I could see a vision because you need to have hope. Right. And I could see a vision and that kind of spurred me on. But, you know, there are some dark times because facing your pain is really difficult. And I think a lot of people are afraid to do that. But if they only would, it always leads to a much better place. And I think your analogy is spot on. And having done therapy, you know, you hear it over and over again. It's the onion. It's just peeling away the layers to get to whatever that core pain is. So you yeah. can recognize it, deal with it, and then move yeah. on into, into other things. So it's uh, exactly yes, that's wonderful that you've that you understand and that you've undergone that process yourself. And and you're right, it's it's a process. It is it takes a long time. You don't go have one session and it's like, okay, I'm cured, I'm I'm ready to move on. It usually doesn't happen that way. So it is a is a process. One of the big things that you're known for uh, is being a fashionista. You know, that's this is this is your your game, and people that go out to your website, they'll see you in all sorts of different getups. And you had a very interesting interview, which is one of the things you do. You interview people in the in the fashion world, and you've been to different shows in in Dallas and New York and Paris and and all over the place, but. If I get this right, you got to interview one of the real housewives of Dallas? Oh, yes, yes. Well, we we all know her because when you live in Dallas, you know, she's 
she's a very kind personality and she's been around and you know we all know one another every right. like community here yes and she's wonderful deandra simmons and i just want to clarify we're i'm kind of been moving away from interviewing okay i did not but i enjoy some other things more so we have some really exciting projects in the works well, let's let's talk about a couple of them. Um, and maybe I'm, I'm my information is old, but let's update the whole thing. One of the things that I think is is really cool that you do is the cheer squad. Yeah, just like it's a group of people. And will you describe it? Because I won't do it justice if I try to describe it. Well, they're always lurking in the shadows. <laughs> they're always ready to help. Now, actually, they're phone call away. It's just a group of talent here that have just been so fun to like. We haven't been able to post anything about the projects that we're working on. And I just enjoy ha on my Instagram having been able to post fun content. Right. You know, fun little skits. And we've gone toward either just silly or something fun and uplifting. It, yeah. It's all to me and what I've learned is that so much of life is from your perspective. So we try to show uplifting your perspective. Right. And I really put everything on Instagram. We're on a break right now, but we'll be starting back up soon. And I mean, we had fun doing some men in black. We had fun just doing really silly things. I work with like, I have improv consultants and I have been working with a, a wonderful guy, Colton Winburn from four day weekend for six years. Okay. <laughs> it's been a, oh my gosh. And now it's blending humor and feeling good about yourself. Which leads into another thing I saw on your website, which I think is, is dynamite was laugh therapy where you're talking to people about, the pain from the past and doing it with a humorous intent. So it's not really heavy or overwhelming, but yeah. the message comes through so clearly. And uh, the one example that's out there was, you know, talking about your dad with the study. Oh, yeah. was just oh, like, yeah. Talk oh. about that a little bit. Well, you know, it's called, they're called act outs. Okay. And it's, I have a new one with my dad which I can actually do for you here. I don't oh, really quite have it down because I've got another act out that's really fun. We have we have a new motivational talk that I'll be doing. And my dad was probably the hardest part of my life growing up because he was very Asian. <laughs> As you know, <laughs> I was born in the States, but my parents came from the old country. My mother from Taiwan, my father from China. Okay. And they were scientists and very focused on their work. And my dad was very, uh, he was a hard personality. He had been through a lot of criticism in his life. As I say in my talk, they didn't grow up with Lunchables or Dr. Laura or fun. <laughs> no, it's, it's just how it is. So this is my dad. It's kind of like, why have you not composed molecular equation and cooked twice? <laughs> and then I'm like, Dad, I'm on the phone with John. <laughs> and then my dad grabs the phone. 
<laughs> he has thought she has watched brother and cook twice. And then I'm like, John, I apologize. John? John? <laughs> okay. So, I mean, my dad had no reservations and it's, he just went, I remember apologizing to all my, I went to private school to all the girls like, Oh, I apologize about my dad being rude. He was just, he just didn't have filters like that. So it was very embarrassing and very, you know. Yeah. And between him and your two brothers, who were who were there as well? It was it, you. You had a tough time trying to be yourself because the expectations oh. were different. The expectations were different on my brothers. I didn't get all the pressure to succeed like they did. Okay. I mean, this is hysterical. But my younger brother at one time was a basketball coach for a major university, and my dad only allowed him to do that if he got a master's in engineering at the same time. So I'm not going to imagine how that worked out, but it did. And yeah, so my dad was very, you know, they had a lot of pressure. And I, when I mentioned this to people that I know, uh, they're like, oh yeah, I've got an Asian friend. And that's exactly how it was in their house. <laughs> and I, it makes me feel a little better that I've not suffered on my own, but oh, it's God. still... <laughs> Uh, and I have family, a lot of family in California that, you know, it was different. Like, it was more like, I think my aunt would be the one that was more, you know, and my uncle was more like laid back. But there, it just runs in the Asian cultural. Seems to. I mean, it, it does. It the does. people it's, that I've talked to that have the, the Asian heritage, you know, you, you hear these types of stories a lot where the where it's the, the strictness is there and you're not, you're, yeah. it's not touchy feely and emotional. This is this boom. Here's your path to it. Yes. And I have noticed though, that cause I thought that certain things were only in the Asian culture, but you know, through the years, as I've talked to people, I have found that so many people I know, they don't ever talk about it and they, but it can eat them up, but their mm -hmm. parent favored a sibling and either they were angry at their parents or their siblings were angry at them if they had been the favorite one. Right. It's like something really deep rooted and it happens in like families that you wouldn't, you wouldn't think would happen. And then also just some of the pressure, some of the expectation that I've seen through the years. Right. It, it does, you know, there is a common element, but the Asians seem to have it with their own unique spin, you know, with the strictness, with the whole bit. I saw a video on YouTube and it was a famous Asian female comedian and her father was very strict also. Right. But here she is a comedian. I think it's awesome. Yeah. That's which is great. Uh, and I ask this only because I am a, a, ancestry finding your roots you know oh, geek and fanatic and have you done any digging back further into your heritage to see where both sides of your family come from or is that something that you you're very happy to leave alone just as it is well i my mother actually grew up in taiwan but i she was born in china and my dad was born in china also okay and I don't know if they would have 
all the data. I don't know from China, but I'm kind of weird about putting my DNA because, you know, once they have your DNA, they have it. And I just, I don't know. I've been kind of, I, how do I say it again? I don't know. Maybe one day. I do love guessing though. And I would guess that maybe, do you have some Scottish and English and maybe a little bit of German? It's, it's English. It's, uh, primarily English, but Russian. Oh and, my God. Um, yeah, a little bit of Scottish, a little bit of Irish, but it's primarily English and Russian. One other thing, before we get into some goofy questions, because you mentioned there's a word mentioned on your website that pops up every so often. I'd never heard it before, but I like the thought behind it, and that is upshifting. How did that come about, and and where does that fit into your your journey on getting healthy? It, I believe I discovered that word about. Two years ago, there is a local philanthropist here, and she loves Dr. Irvin Laszlo, not not Dr. Laszlo of the skincare line. Okay. <laughs> That's another, it's Dr. E something Laszlo. He does this wonderful skincare line. It's been around for years. They did it like in the 40s with movie stars and everything. Okay. But Irvin, E-R-V-I-N, Laszlo, and the word is his, and the definition is the uplifting of one's perspective. He initially wrote that as more of a worldview, not like psychological, but I've translated it, and I believe that um, Marianne also did a couple times, but it's recognizing that our perspective needs to be uplifted. And I took it a little further because I noticed that one of my biggest changes came from uplifting the perspective I had about myself. Mm. And I found, because I did some research and I watched some things and then just because of everything I'd been through and because I'd been through some ministry I'd had some brilliant people in my life that really helped me. We, especially as children, and then we go into adults, but we tend to take things personally when they first mm. happen. We human, we are human and we make an, an initial reaction, which most often can be negative. And it's what we're telling ourselves. It's that self-talk. So recognizing your self-talk and then choosing to uplift it because we're bombarded every day with things. And some people have gotten into a pattern where they tend to make an initial negative reaction and they've done that so much that they're just in a, they just can't get out of it. Right. And one of the things that some people on my, you know, a person on my team and I started doing really just on a daily basis was just uplifting all of our reactions and it just made, it's not that it makes you this super duper person, but you feel, you, it, I, and it doesn't it make life easier, but you just feel healthier and you feel freer and there's you're a, not locked a down. Yeah. It's a big shift and you don't, and it frees you enough to like, you know, get free of some other things in your life, but it's pretty major. Actually, I think a lot of people, carry childhood issues into their lives and don't even know it you know and it's like really easy to have them oh sure 
Sure. We could talk another hour about all the yeah, ones we I found out. <laughs> well, until you're eight or nine, you don't recognize maybe that when someone is speaking in a certain way to you or something is happening, that it's not your fault. Right. You don't recognize, you can't because you, you don't have the reasoning capabilities yet. And, and so sometimes you, it's a lot later than that. Because yes. I know yeah. from personal experience, by the time I was five or six, mm -hmm. I had the walls. I didn't trust adults at all at that point. And that wall and that radar stayed up until I was in my 30s. And at that point, when I started to peel the onion back, it was like, oh, okay, it's not my fault. This is yes. what happened, so. Yes. And isn't that a big light bulb when you go oh, back? Oh, God. Yeah. And then you're so free from all this weight that you had on yourself. Like, because you felt bad about yourself. Right. Yeah. And when you get free of that, it's just, did you see a big change in yourself? Well, the, the process that I went through, through my 30s and 40s, yeah, there was a humongous change in my perspective on myself and my perspective mm -hmm. on life and my perspective of others, because I, I had a very strong negative voice. And I was trying to write a book at the time and trying to write a book with a negative voice is like, <laughs> forget it. Of course, then I went into the voiceover industry and all the negative self-talk came back because we're all in that, because we're all neurotic actors. So it's going to happen. Well, also, it's that's a tough business, too. Like, yeah. you know, a business like that, it's hard because you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't get that job. It's just like, it's <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I know. I did a little bit of acting when I was younger, and... I remember that there was a ratio they gave you, like you needed to book at least one in 10 auditions, but even if right. you booked that, there were still nine that you didn't get. And, you know, it was just funny how all these stories about whatever, but I noticed that in people I know that still act that unless they're really established, they tend to base their self-esteem on what the cast director thinks of them or what, what it's, they're doing. And when I did the auto show many years ago, you would meet people. Hi, I'm Jill. And I've been in two movies. <laughs> that was basically when I, I did the auto show years ago and I worked right. with a bunch of people that were actors. And that's how people would introduce themselves. Hi, I've done this or this. And you're like, you know, it's, so. <laughs> you know, I was in that years ago, like going, oh, wow, you have. But now I just remember looking back thinking, you know, because I mean, one great thing is that. I've noticed that people are really, that are secure. They don't talk about their accomplishments. Right. They don't have to talk about them. It's not their thing. They're just comfortable in who they are. Right. You know? And and that's that's the key that popped, just popped in my head. It's like, that's not yeah. who you are. You are over here. You know, it's not what you do. It's who you are. Yes. Yes. It's who you are. And, it, you know, so, you know, everyone's different and, you know, yep. some people love to talk about what they're doing and that's great. But I, I have found that, especially when meeting people and group settings, that it's really nice that I've known, well, people that I know have noticed, they're like, oh, that person doesn't talk about themselves yet. They've done all this cool stuff. And it's, you know, it's really cool. Right. So, right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let me ask you some of these goofy questions and see where this takes us, because this is always the fun part of this. <laughs> okay. What song should play every time you walk into a room? 
well, it's got to be a runway song because I'm walking in like a runway, you know? <laughs> so anything upbeat and runway. <laughs> okay. What Looney Tunes character best represents you? The one bird that comes to my mind because I'm just thinking about Looney Tunes and I remember growing up and loving all of them. <laughs> I don't know. I love Tweety Bird. Tweety. What can you name some others? Can you give me well, a there's choice? there's Tweety, there's the the Roadrunner, there's Sylvester, there's Daffy Duck, there's Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, Porky Pig, you know, that whole crew. Well, the Roadrunner, because I kinda like I get my attention span's pretty short. I get bored really easily. And I want to ask you this one just for you. What's the craziest fashion trend you've ever rocked? Well, I think there's a new trend and I actually kind of latched onto it last year. I don't, I don't wear it that much, but it's like women wear a big jacket and you don't wear anything on the bottom. So I have done a picture where I wore these, tiny shorts that went up really high, but we had, I had tights on and I felt like that was the trend that was just kind of, but anyway, yeah, I think that's the craziest one. And I don't know if women are really going to wear it because it's a little shocking, you know, right. and like I love Simone Rocha and there are a few other designers and they've made these little, like they look like underwear, but they're made of like knit or something and you just wear them. And I'm like, Right. I've never bought them, but I just, cause you know, they're expensive for what you get. Cause they're probably not right. going to show up and you're probably not going to really wear them. Really. <laughs> I would say that was one of the trends. What breed of dog would you be? Part bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, part. Let me think for a second. Part poodle. Probably. Okay. Yeah. That would work. Cause I, I'm a Francophile. Or Phil or whatever. Okay. French. What's your favorite curse word? Oh, gosh. Well, I don't, you're going to laugh, but I don't generally curse. Okay. Like anyone who knows me has, people rarely have ever heard me. I just, but I do say crap, you know, and maybe once in a while, but I'm, it's very rare. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Oh, uh, let me think for a second. Nicole Kidman. <laughs> that would be awesome. You'd have to dye your hair. <laughs> no, I'm uh, joking. I'm so joking. Uh, <laughs> let's see. There's another movie star I love too. She's kind of Irish. I don't think that would work. Uh, I would probably play myself. No, you got to pick somebody else. I have to pick someone? Okay, yeah. it's not going to be Vera Wang, and it's not going to be the other Asian actress. Uh, let me think. You have to be Asian. No, no, it doesn't. Absolutely not. Oh my gosh. There is this actress. She starred in Far From the Madding Crowd. I always blank out on her name, but I absolutely adore her. Do you know she's very petite? Yes. <laughs> I know exactly who you mean. I can't think of my okay. brain's just not working. Okay. Yeah. We can yeah. go with that. We'll go okay. with that. Thank you. All right. What is your favorite planet? My favorite planet? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, I've only traveled. I've lit. I used to live on Mars, so I'm not. I'm so happy to be there anymore. I am from another planet. I really feel. <laughs> I just, I really enjoy being on Earth. Okay, yeah. that's fine. 
I, I noticed some references to Mars, but I figured I'll just, I'll just let that go for the moment. Okay. okay. Well, oh, you mean like a Martian? Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you two things, and this is kind of an either or kind of thing, and you just tell me what your preference is between the two things. Bananas or watermelon? Watermelon. Pineapple pizza or candy corn? Pineapple. Passenger or driver? Passenger. I hate to drive. <laughs> Toilet paper, over or under? Over. Can't stand the under. Okay. Fine. Bewitched or I dream of genie? Uh, I dream of genie. Eggs, omelet or scrambled? Scrambled. All right. Let's go into some would you rather questions. Would you rather be able to breathe underwater or fly? Fly. Seems to be the most popular response with that. Yeah. You, I guess, yeah. yeah. Save a lot of money on airfare, right? Put <laughs> 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 the right line at the airline and go through security. That would certainly save a lot that of money. A, that would make a big difference in our lives. Yes, it would. <laughs> we'll just take off and go wherever we want. Okay. Would you rather have to eat liver for the rest of your life or be forced to watch an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians every day? I'd rather eat liver. Right <laughs> <laughs> for this. Would you rather be two inches tall or 20 feet tall? 20 feet. <laughs> Uh, if you had said two inches, I would have been surprised because I, I see you as a 20 foot tall type of person. So, Oh, thank you. Well, I'm only really two feet tall as my platform. <laughs> <laughs> Which superpower would you rather have invisibility or shape shifting? Invisibility. Would you rather go skydiving in a rainstorm or climb the antenna at the top of the empire state building on a windy day? I have to think about that one. Oh gosh! I, I would be know, dead heights, either way. So <laughs> exactly, heights are like the worst to me. Even being at a restaurant a couple nights ago, and there was a little bridge that you walked over, and things were not that far below. But I was already going, "Whoa!" <laughs> uh, and I don't do games at the amusement park anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I was on a teacup ride the last time I did it, and I was screaming. So I'm yeah. like, no more. I mean, I was like, I think I would do the skydiving in the rainstorm. Okay. The antenna is just, that's too intense. Yeah. I saw, I came across a picture of two people working on the antenna at the top of the Empire State Building, and the picture was from the top down. So you could see them, and then you could see how far down it was. And just looking at that made me dizzy. Are Were they on safety gear? Yeah, they had they had safety gear and stuff, but it was just like, you could, I, I couldn't, I'd be dead. Oh, my gosh. That's like, I hope they got paid well. I hope they did, too. <laughs> okay. Would you rather give up your cell phone for a month or bathing for a month? Well, you know, everybody's glued to their cell phone. Can't really, you know, we kind of let our cell phones tell us what to do. So I wouldn't know what to do. So I'd have to, <laughs> I'm not going to give it up. Yeah. 
Okay. It is a little ridiculous though that everybody's always on theirs. I just it's like unbelievable for me because I I mean I do it is for a lot of people. Well, I there's this amazing investor, and sometimes I watch investment channels, and he was espousing a book called I think it was like The Art of Doing Nothing or something about not doing anything. And I love his whole approach. Like hmm. instead of like re, you know, being on your phone, like go take a walk or go be by right. yourself, like not your creativity or think of things that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise because you're not glued to something. You know, I, I think when I'm at my gym working out and I mean, I looked around the other day and everybody on the machine, on the machines, they all were on their phones. Sure. I was, I was like, (laughs) that's the one time that I'm not on my phone. (laughs) And it's, and it's weird. And I've seen this mentioned uh, a few times and I've kind of noticed it, that it's absolutely true, even for me. And it's something I'm trying to get away from, but we'll, we'll sit in front of our big screen TV and have our small screen, either phone or iPad in front of us doing both at the same time. And it's like, what are you doing? Oh, listen, I am guilty as charged yeah i do that same thing too like i'll do i'll work on something on my phone with my tablet in front of me or something and it's like you know what we always have to be distracted by at least five things right it's like like, focus focus focus. i know i know i know i know it's it's like oh and our you know oh i have something fun to ask you really quick can i interrupt for a minute absolutely Okay, what's the attention span of a goldfish? I have no idea. Nine seconds. What's the attention span of a human being? Probably five seconds. Well, you're really close. Eight seconds. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's, uh, wow. Would you rather have whatever you are thinking appear in a bubble above your head for everyone to read? Or have absolutely everything you do be live streamed for everyone to watch? Uh, Well, you know, you learn most about a person by what they're doing. But being able to see your thoughts is kind of scary. Oh, my gosh. I mean, well, I mean, if it would go on for a day, I would definitely do the live stream. But no longer than a day. <laughs> yeah, I cannot, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how Inbrelli TV was invented. Did you know that? How? Huh. What happened? My old mentor who passed away, rest in peace, Paul Ninest, he told me many years ago, because he passed away 13 years ago, I think. But that's, yeah. That this guy had a camera on him for 24-7. Oh. And... All these people would stop by and girls would stop by and whatever because they all wanted to be on the stream. And that's right. how it started. But he had a camera on him 24-7. And that's how reality TV got started. Right. And you, yeah. you can go all the way back to the 70s, which is the Loud family. That was that PBS special where they were filmed for however many days and it totally destroyed their family. So it's just oh, like, I know. Oh. So it's, it's, I didn't know about them. 
Yeah, it's 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 very it, it was one of the first times that type of experiment was done where there was a camera all the time. And, you know, it just it you could see it start to unravel. And eventually the parents got divorced and the kids had their own issues. So it was like it's like, OK, we just proved that doing something like this is really not healthy for anybody. So because right. you need your privacy. Right. Right. And yeah. and even even if you're interacting with a select few people, not everyone needs to know about that. But of course, now we have Facebook, so everybody knows what everyone is doing. So, yeah, yeah. Or I mean, if you choose to put it out there, I'm right. pretty, I'm pretty private about what I put on social media. People usually share on my Facebook. Right. I post very, very rarely. <laughs> the lonely, the, okay, yeah. Anyway, okay, it's, but it's, on Instagram, I just do you know fun stuff. Okay, yes, yeah, so I'm ready. Are there another one? No, 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 that's it. That's it. We're, we're, oh, we're, we're done, so. that's fun. Thank you for doing this. If you want to know more about Dora, go out to dorospectacular.com or check out her Instagram page, which is also under Dora Spectacular, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and uh, take a look. She's got a great message of, of getting your shit together and, and being positive yeah. in the your world. Get yeah. your crap together. <laughs> I'm getting exactly. together. I'm working on getting mine together too. <laughs> we all are 24 seven. It's a never ending process. So it's, yeah. it's like, so, but, but thank you again for doing this. I really oh, appreciate it. Oh, this was so fun. Really, totally. <laughs> Super spectacular. Truly. Cool. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for watching and listening and we'll see you again next time on the hydrant. Thanks for hanging out with us on The Hydrant. The Hydrant announcer is Allison Steele. For outstanding VO coaching and voice acting services, visit Allison at allisonsteele.com. That's Allison with a Y and Steele with no E at the end. Shoot me an email with any comments, questions, worthwhile recipes at bigdog at jimcoopervo.com. This episode copyright 2024 by Jim Cooper VO and Nat Lancor Audio, which is solely responsible for its content. No reproduction by writing, recording, reposting, smoke signals, AI voice loading, Morse code, or any other electronic or manual recording method known to man is allowed without prior written consent. Come back and play with us next week as the steady stream of outstanding guests continue at the Hydrant.